0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Late Night London. Chris Rainey here. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Lodge Hughes. Today's show guest is a TV radio host, podcaster, presenter, who's the ultimate definition of the comeback kid, as we like to say in the UK. In fact, some even call her comeback cob. (laughs) (laughs) With a a career that started off on the Chicago radio waves, she now co-hosts the Daily Beast Live and the comeback podcast. Welcome to the show, Erica. How are you?
1: Thank you, guys, so much. Um, I do have to tell you, it's Daily Blast Live. What did
0: I say? Daily Beast. Did, everybody- did I say everybody- Daily? Did I? Did I just? Did I? Did I want that to be that? I feel like I'm in my head. I I said Daily, Daily. I wrote down Daily Beast as well, even though I knew it was Daily Blast.
1: See everybody I- does. Everybody does. That's why we just call ourselves DBL now. DBL. And
0: just is there a show called the Daily Beast Live? If I just <laughs> so
1: there is a Daily Beast that ain't. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. Well, clearly, um, I, I've got some reps to do until I get to your professional level. You know, the intros with that microphone as well. I'm already intimidated, to be honest. Before we the show even started, I was like, "Wow, like that is a lot of microphone right
1: there." That's Yeah. Big mic in our lives.
0: yeah. <laughs> Before we jump in, tell everyone like a little bit about yourself personally, and so you know your journey to to where Very we are interesting now.
2: Interesting journey. That's what made us attracted to yourself um, when we was going through. I don't okay. want to give anything away. I'll, I'll leave it to you, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the spot.
1: That I'm, makes me first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. I am so excited about this. Be like late night. I was like late night lunch. Yes. Please. Thank you. No one ever invites me for late night, anything. And I'm fun too. I'm fun. Uh, So I, um, I'm from Chicago and I started my radio career in Chicago at the heritage station, which like, you know, every city has one. So, you know, you grew up listening to these guys for like 20 years. And then all of a sudden I'm on the show. So I went from bartending literally the night before my first show, I was bartending at this nightclub on Halloween. And I rolled into my first day on the November 1st, like at 430 a.m and just started my radio career pretty much from there. So and when that show was canceled, I was let go along with the other two co-hosts and I ended up in Denver which was great because it started a whole new chapter of my life but then it also you know when you detach yourself from like your home city and you know everything that makes you comfortable you start to really learn a lot about yourself and at the time I was married and we just started really growing in separate directions and as opposed to being like hey this isn't working we kind of just let the wheels fall off um <laughs> until it was finally a wrap so we ended Ended up divorced and I became unemployed and bankrupt. And I just thought my life was over. Like, how do you go from having 1.8 million listeners every day in market three, having billboards and commercials. And Crazy. then all of a sudden, like you can't get a job at Starbucks. Like you're like, it's crazy, you know. So I um, went on this journey for a few years, and the first couple of years were not great. They were not pretty. Um, every bartender in the city knew my name. Uh, it was just a really, you know, depressing time. But then eventually, I started to get myself together, and I was just really. It was actually my mom who was like, "Yeah, like we need you. So we, you kind of have to get this together. Like you're better than this." And I just started this journey and I started noticing things about people who I wanted to emulate and be like, and how they did like their keys to success. I would write things down, write where I wanted to be. And before I knew it, I ended up in California, back on the radio, doing a show on the weekends. I moved back to Denver because I got engaged, and then I got married. And I said, a year from now, I'm going to have a national talk show. And that was in June of 2016. And I booked uh, DBL, Daily Blast Live, in June of (laughs) 2016. Yes, Chris.
0: Yes, Chris. Get it right. right. (laughs) I'm on blast now. (laughs) Literally on blast. Live. (laughs) Yeah, live. Yeah.
1: So yeah, wow. I, I mean, I started doing that and then I went back to the drawing board, like, hey, if I can manifest this, what else could I manifest? And I've always wanted my own brand and I've wanted a show that I had control over. So I started my podcast a little over a year ago and it's been going strong ever since.
0: Wow. What an inspiring story. I want to delve a bit deeper into this, but <laughs> you no, know, you know, I love when you talk about, you mentioned about manifesting and writing it down. I'm a big fan of that as well. You know, one of my Quotes that I love the most is like whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right because you know if you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can make it happen, and that's kind of a lot for me. You know, when I first saw everyone see, everyone started when they saw the secret, right, or read the, or read the <laughs> book or watched the documentary, the secret. But for me, it was like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, There's a book by Napoleon Hill, and it tells the stories of many inventors about basically them them willing it into reality. And then obviously you have to put. It doesn't just happen. You have to also then put a process in place to make that happen. But a lot of those um, blueprints are out there. You know, you don't have to reinvent it. Uh, it. It is there, but it takes a lot of failures, a lot of falling on your face, a lot. You know, for one of the reasons I quit my job and started this is I was just having an emotional breakdown. I was having anxiety attacks at work, depression, etc. My mental health and well-being is like this corporate job was literally killing me. And I was like, I just gotta go and make it happen and do this. But it's so nice to, to see you bounce back. And not, you didn't just bounce back. You came. came <laughs> you tripled. Came.
2: <laughs> You're like Jonathan Triple Edwards. You just did and came back again. It was like an extra slinky. Like it's amazing. The information that I've read up on you is amazing. How did
0: you, by the way, like you mentioned Chicago, your bartending podcast? How did that first shot happen? Like, like, how do you even get in that hot seat? And when he says first,
2: first shot, he doesn't mean drinking. Yeah, I don't mean. Yeah,
0: I keep. don't mean that. I mean that because I'm sure you. They, is it like they give you one chance? They put you on. You do well. You come back. Or is it like, is it
1: just how does it work? I did skip a few steps. So um, the how the radio uh, job happened was that so when I was 12 years old. I got grounded for the entire summer. And that summer, all I could whole do- whole
0: was- summer? Wait, wait, what did you do? What did you do so to get grounded dad- for the whole summer? <laughs> that's, a, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. So my dad is, you know, he's a vet and he's he ran our household kind of like a military operation, right? So I apparently wasn't respectful enough for quite some time. Like, he was, he would be, tell us to come downstairs and we'd yell at the top of the stairs, what? And he's like, that's disrespectful. You know, you have to learn respect. And then I guess I said what too many times and he <laughs> grounded me for the entire summer. Wow. All summer. You wonder why, like, I never had that crazy, like, you know, freak out moment. That happened for me, not in college. It happened for me in my 30s. Like
0: that <laughs> That's, pent up. That's pent up for a long
1: time. Everything else was like, this is what you do. And this is how you do it, you know? So um, anyway, I get grounded. All I could do was stay in my room. So I was either going to read books or listen to the radio. So I started listening to the radio and I had this karaoke machine. And I would record the DJs and then I would emulate like what the DJs were doing. So I did this all summer until towards the end, I started sneaking into my parents' room and calling the DJ that was on during the afternoon drive. So I would call him every day. He gave me my own segment. And that's when he called the Junior Crazy Hall of Fame. And it was hosted by That's amazing. do the whole like, hey, junior crazy hall of famers. It's Erica here. Yeah, this whole thing. And that summer, I actually designed what is now the womb room. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you guys have been referring to my studio as the womb room. The womb of
0: podcast. The womb of podcast. Yeah. For people but that I are
2: imagine- listening, uh, the womb room is the most comfortable thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Imagine having a sofa that wrapped around you, 360 it's a, degrees. 360
2: degrees, huggable sofa.
0: You could sleep anyway, sleep on the wall. You could sleep on the, the, perfect sleep on the pink, ceiling.
2: It just looks amazing. It looks like yeah. heaven. It is heaven.
0: It's like, yeah. It's a womb. It's
2: the womb room. <laughs> it's the womb
1: room. <laughs> well, it was designed by a 12 year old and it's kind of like inspired by I Dream of Jeannie. Oh. So, oh. So yeah, okay. so <laughs> I back then. And uh, when I turned 18, I went to school in the city. And I got my first internship at 19. And I started at that same station that I would call in every day, that same company. I started interning there and then I became a sidekick on the night show. And then I just kind of stayed until this opportunity came up and they kept telling me, like, we're going to bring you in. So I started bartending after I graduated and eventually they brought me in.
0: As I'm, I'm so happy you asked that question now because you, we, we, you know, you mentioned about going onto the radio, but that story of how you got there is so inspiring to people that you, you, you as a kid, uh, you got, you was it grounded? and you listen to the radio? Didn't get stuck into your parents' room? I want to know how much that phone bill was, first and foremost, <laughs> because, yeah. because it's not cheap to call into radio shows. In uh, place, I'm sure day. you got grounded the next summer as in well. well. Like, staying inside. Cause I remember calling up like, one time a radio show and my mom was like, what was that on the bill? <laughs> how, how much is that? Did you ever get caught for that?
1: I didn't. Um, oh, you got lucky.
0: You uh, got got, lucky. Yeah.
1: My parents found out when I was like twenty four when I had my first like full time job on the radio.
0: Well, so you did that that little side show the whole entire time without them knowing.
1: Oh yeah, during that summer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> wow. they had so it.
2: for all you kids listening out there, the moral of the story is get grounded. Defy your parents, be <laughs> disrespectful. Uh, Say what? Call up, grab their phone, grab their, mobile, like grab their mobile,
0: grab the mobile number, call <laughs> up radio stations, <laughs> text in, and you'll become the best ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go.
2: <laughs> <That's-> Taylor, you. <laughs> <Well laughs> how,
0: how do you? Some, I've seen you mention this before, and I wanted to ask you it because it's something I struggle with. How do you balance how much of you you give to your audience in terms of sharing your personal life and what you're going through? Because it can feel like I know you've mentioned it, it can feel like, you know, what do you hold back? How do you how do you deal with that balance?
1: Yeah, um, that's something that I actually have kind of figured out more recently in the past probably year. Um, because what was happening was when I first started in radio, the reason why. I was attractive to those stations is because I was, you know, a hometown girl, I knew the lifestyle, like, you know, I went to school in the city, I worked in the city, and I knew all of the people, you know, so they were looking for something like that. So I would come in like, yeah, this is what happened, you know, last night or this weekend, and I would talk about my life. And those things were pretty inconsequential. But as I've gotten older and more mature, you know, a lot of things have happened and not all of them have been great. Not all of them I've necessarily healed from. And what was happening is I was bringing in my experiences based on the stories that we were talking about. But when we would get to like a Michaela Cole, I may destroy you. Like I talked about my sexual assault. Well, I hadn't really dealt with that in a way that it was okay for me just to put it out there. Mm. So as a result, I started going to therapy. Now I, I had a couple instances with this. Michaela Cole was actually, or I may destroy you. Um, was actually the last time I spoke about it, and I spoke about it because that was kind of the last hump of me really having an honest conversation about my hu- or with my husband and um, things that I might have been dealing with that I never let him know about. So it was hindering this intimacy in our relationship. Um, so I mean, it gets really deep, right? Yeah. Uh, but as a result, I did go to therapy, and I realized that if I'm going to put myself out there like that. I need to understand how healed I am so that I'm really making an impact and maybe helping someone in real time as opposed to grieving and compounding trauma, which, I mean, I guess it's, it's relative, but, um, yeah, I've, I've learned the hard way on that for sure.
0: I I completely relate to you. My, I hid my anxiety attacks and depression from my wife for like 14 years and from, and from, from everyone, from from everyone. And, uh, it was actually on one of my shows and that I was talking about mental health and well-being in the workplace. And there was these amazing guests that were being super vulnerable about their journey. And I felt like it was such a hypocrite that I was also suffering in silence. And I and I basically ended up telling them on the show about how I was feeling. And no one knew about it. So my wife, friends, family, co-workers, my employees found out about it live <laughs> on the podcast. And I realized after that call, I actually hadn't dealt with it. Obviously, I hadn't dealt with it because I hid it as a secret. So that when when the guys would like come out to this, you know, party, I, and I wouldn't go because I felt anxious and I felt like I was having a heart attack, and I didn't know why. Right? And similar with my wife with certain social encounters, and I had to go and see someone after that. And it was the first time I ever had had therapy sessions after that podcast, and it was a giant relief off yeah. my shoulder I was like oh I have to carry this around with me every day that was that in itself was therapy like and by the way I haven't had an anxiety attack since since that day because now I can pick up the phone and say knowledge I'm not feeling well can we have a can you can you can you just talk to me you know I need someone to talk to right now or to my team I need I need a week off work like I'm, I'm not in a good way but you are right you kind of you can't really talk about it until you deal with it yourself and it kind of takes it to a different level so yeah deal
2: with it internally before you externalize it and I think people underestimate the, th- the therapy, how great therapy is. A lot of people
0: the stigma it, attack. That's why yes. I never told him. I was ashamed of it. I was like, "What's my wife gonna think? What are you guys gonna think? You know, what are my employees gonna think? Are they gonna see me as weak?" But if anything, it's now my su- my my you know leading you know now that is my superpower in a way. Yes, your strength. Because they feel like they can come and talk to me when they're not feeling well, and 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 that it's okay to be vulnerable. My vulnerability is my superpower. I'd say like now is being vulnerable.
1: You know, I I so appreciate you sharing that because I think that um, there are kind of a couple of schools of thought, especially when you're doing live mediums, you know, like radio, television, and there isn't that stop down moment of like, maybe that's not where, what I wanted to say or where I want to go. And I think people approach it in a different, in a couple different ways. Like some people are like, I'm always on, and this is my persona and Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick to that. I can't do that. Me too. Like, it's exhausting. It's impossible. No, it's exhausting.
0: No, I can't yeah, do it.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that was the hump. It's like you needed something to get you there. And I do think it was important that you verbalized it in the moment because then you can't, everyone seeing the wizard, you can't close that
0: curtain. You go back. No, there was no going back. It's the same thing. Like for years, I tried to portray what I thought people want me to look like and sound like and be like. You know, you know, even as a white male, there was still that pressure to conform and be the quote-unquote. You know, like <laughs> I was wearing a tie and a suit doing my shows. It's so full. Why am I doing that? Who am I here to impress? Like, and like now I sit here with my yo baby Yoda and my Iron Man figure on the <laughs> shelf, and I'm speaking to CEOs of the biggest. But I'm like, it's just me. If you ever like me or you don't, I'm not gonna come here and. Project something you want
2: oh, just to make you aware, I do judge you
0: for the baby yoda. Yeah. <laughs> the baby yoda, you can't the baby yoda on the shelf is the you know get more. I don't
1: lose a bit of respect. <laughs> okay. I'm not judging at all. I think it's great. it brings up too like people always wanna keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. But it's like the Joneses know you don't have it. Like, you know what I mean? Like You're not really fooling anyone other than people who you're trying to appear better than. Mm. And if that's your objective, then it kind of makes you a crappy person. Yeah. I mean (laughs) Yeah, it's true, it's true. in, In my opinion, in certain in certain respects, it's like if you are trying to over amplify yourself and your image, I think it's kind of a misstep to do it for people who you're trying to impress to be like because it's very clear to them where you are you know what i mean like 100 i'm not going to go to oprah and pretend like i'm oprah <laughs> that'd
0: you know, be like, that'd be pretty hard <laughs> yeah
1: you know, like i'm not going <laughs> to pretend like i'm on her level like i'm there to learn from her and and also do it my way as opposed to being a cheap version mm-hmm. of her
0: and People see through that, like honestly, like people aren't stupid, like that you can see it, like uh, because you can't always be on, and then always it's impossible to always be on it. And I realized as soon as I became became my true, authentic self, people gravitated towards me even more. Yeah, you got so, more. Like, love, and, then, and they're like, like I remember when some of the guests were like, What do you like most about the show? It's like, it's the fact that you just have. Like I'm speaking to business people, and they always come on really serious. And I'm like, let's have fun! Like, stop being so serious all the time. It's not real. Stop being yeah, corporate. Yeah, we, we. Everyone has a bad day. Everything's not perfect. You know, it's just. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah. You can't say the bad day thing. What? Can't say that oh, I can't anymore. say that one anymore. After yeah. What After what happened in, the other day. And
2: Lena, that's the no-go phrase. Yeah. Did
0: you see that by the way? With the uh, um, you explain, Joe. Old knowledge
1: very familiar yeah
0: with the police officer had a bad day yeah let's not get into that (laughs) um you
2: grew up in chicago um over here we tend to get a lot of negative press about chicago um in the shape of the weather and they also talk about guns and things like that what is the great things about chicago like is there any food dishes anything what's the greatest thing about chicago
1: well, you know, it, it does bother me that Chicago is like this dog whistle for uh, gang violence and, quote, black on black crime, um, you know, I, it, because coming from Chicago, I understand also the historical context of why my people came to Chicago and it was during the uh, Northern migration where there were industry jobs and slaves who were either freed or escaped came to the North in order to get opportunity. So when we talk about Chicago, like there was, there's a long history there you have Black people who came up from the South, my family included, and they settled into these redlined communities. So when we're talking about, and Black belting as well, so there was only so much property that they were entitled to have, and it was very difficult for them to have that. So once you put people in situations where they can't get housing or, you know, they're forced to live intergenerationally in order to survive, then yes, you have overpopulations in very small places. It's not Black-on-Black crime, it's lack of resource crime, and that happens in every community. Mm. So I think when we have these conversations, it's never triggering to me, it's just that if someone's going to say that to me in all seriousness, then they need to be very prepared for the conversation,
0: <laughs> i love that don't I get them that. they'll get themselves in the deep end so
2: if you had infinite resources where would you place it to be the most effective to uh, get back to what we deem to be great
1: um in chicago or just in, all over in chicago in chicago See, i feel like um the the issues that are represented in chicago are represented everywhere else. It just feels like it's more concentrated and also more amplified because it's the third biggest city in America. Um, I think when it really comes down to it, my husband and I are CASAs and that stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. Um, It's for the child welfare system. So when a child is taken from their home for dependency, abuse, or neglect, they are put into the system. That could be foster care, kinship placements, any of those types of things. Mm -hmm. Well, there's very little personal advocacy for someone to speak up on behalf of the child. So our role is we spend that time with either the child, or in our case, we have a sibling group of five, so that we know these kids very personally. And when we go to court, we advocate for them using their own words and testimony. What I've learned from being a part of this program, and I've been working with them since 2013, is that when a child's taken out of the home, unlimited resources are allocated to this child who is now in the system. Why are we not allocating these same resources to the parents who clearly need them? Because most of these people, although we like to say, you know, dependency neglect, they're terrible parents, they're terrible people. Maybe they just don't have the resources that they need. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking about putting resources in, it really does start in the family unit. It starts with the ability to have childcare, the ability to make sure that your children are going to school each day, that they have food to eat. I mean, that, when it really comes down to it taking care of the family unit would eliminate so many problems in our community
0: yeah i'm with you on, i'm with you on that my oh, my, my parents so. are foster parents by the way um so they have kids coming and uh you know i think they've had four kids so far so when we when we left my mom I was like mom you don't want to break she's like no my mom's rationale was we my mom's an angel she you know she's just like we've got the room that's our excuse you're all you're all left now there's kids out there that don't have homes and come in but i see and, and, and she works on a program where she tries to rekindle that relationship with that parent. So she she does like visits with the yeah. parents, and they try and you know. So they don't want to separate them. Who does want to separate their parent from the child? But they need help. Both sides need help, like you're saying. But there's but they get a lot of uh, like a bad. The parents get obviously the brunt of the bad rap on it because you know oh they're terrible. And yes, some of them are. And by the way, yes, some of them are terrible people. But the vast majority, like there are many of them that are struggling and they just need help um as well
1: and anyone who gives their time i mean the foster parents that we've worked with are amazing like they do the reunification is always the first priority to try to get the kids exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, and for them to facilitate with that i mean i just they're doing god's work i don't
0: know how my mom does it my mom also does it for special needs kids which is a whole other level of struggle and challenge and it's, it's heartbreaking because they're like members of our family now each every kid just, just are you know even after they leave they're still uh, like we've like we got a lot of brothers and sisters <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point something similar so i have a lot of
0: <laughs> siblings i can imagine from 2013 as well so it's <laughs> it's a long time you started your podcast um i i know it was telephone that you kind of touched on it a little bit but what was the inspiration behind the podcast and I'd be interested to know, what was your favorite comeback story? Because you talk about comeback stories, obviously we've spoken about your own comeback story, but you also have many guests that talk about their comeback story. What was the favorite comeback story? I know it's hard to choose, I'm putting you on the spot, but <laughs> almost inspiring, or you know, I know there's a lot in there, but.
2: <laughs> Out of the 2 million stories that you've heard, um, yeah, which exactly. one specifically today?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh my gosh, well, one of my first ones, so when I started Comeback, I started in 2016 mm-hmm. and it was a YouTube series. So I would post it you know, every week. And by the time that I got to week 52, I was actually on set at DBL. So it kind of did a little turn. So what I ended up doing was um, the producers loved the concept and we decided to do a segment Comeback um, on DBL. And one of the women that I interviewed, her name's Tiffany Adams, and she was about 16 or 17 years old. When she was out with her friends, she was hit by a, a car. And she was now she's a uh, not quad; she's a well, she's, um sorry, paralyzed from the waist down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, has been ever since and she's in her 30s now. And her comeback story was so remarkable because she also documented like how she said that she was going to walk again and then she did you know she walks with assistance but I mean she just made everything look like yeah and feel like so hopeful and it gave me so much gratitude for her story and also you know my story as well because I think when you There's a saying, and I'm gonna botch it, but you're like basically disrespecting someone who has lost something by not acknowledging and giving gratitude for what. Hundred percent, yeah. And uh, she's just amazing. We still keep in touch, and that's been um, about two, three years ago now. Yeah, Um, yeah. Uh, But there's just been there's so many.
0: Yeah. Well, everyone make sure you go check out the podcast as well. It's It's amazing. It must be really like inspiring for you to have those conversations consistently as well. And like kind of, if there's ever going to be a situation where you're going to have an attitude or gratitude, (laughs) there's going to be that, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, the comeback podcast has evolved so much because now it's out of my immediate experience. You know, like I started it with divorce, bankruptcy and unemployment. And Mm -hmm. now I have guests on who are giving information for family and estate, you know, estate planning and legacy planning, especially amidst COVID and all of these people who found themselves not knowing what to do, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting people proactive. And it's just, it's just been a blessing.
0: Would you say that's your purpose?
1: I feel like I my purpose is to connect people. I feel like I was put on this earth to be a connector. And if I always give my side of the story and my experience, and if it resonates with you, then you my people. If it doesn't <laughs> resonate with you, then it doesn't necessarily mean you're not my people. If you, if you say something backwards to me on Instagram, you are not, well, otherwise.
2: <laughs> well, on, on that point, and how do you deal with the trolls? I was gonna say the way you pointed that made me. I know. You know I, was like, I, I was like, who? I, I was like, okay. who me? I, like, you know, when you just get that, like, I felt so insecure.
0: I'm like, what? Sounds like knowledge. What have you been doing? I was like, me. Like, I was what? She, I'm like, what? About you? She, she caught you. She caught <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, Erica oh, caught you. Now she knows it's you.
1: What?
0: How do you I, deal with the trolls though? On on a serious note.
1: Um, you know, I. I really do not feed the trolls. I've on occasion in the past, I've made some like snide remark back to some people, but this is my go to anytime. I'm like, if I see something and I'm, you know, out of sorts a little bit where I'm a little snappy, then I have to stand like right by the phone. And before I respond, I'm like, when's the last time you talked to your mama? Oh, it's been 24 hours. You should probably call her. Or when's what did you do? Did you get this email back to this person? Did you respond to this? You didn't. Okay, so you're gonna respond to this person, but you didn't respond to emails and you left money on the table. Get your mind right. And then I just I love moved. that,
0: love that. But you you say that like it was always the case, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't always the case. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not. You know, for, for me, like when it first started happening, obviously it took years before the show progressed until i started getting those type of comments because there's always and i was like I, I, it took me a while to get over it. Like in the beginning I was like, why Why don't they like me? Why are they saying that thing, those things to me for? And I was like, you realize they're probably dealing with their own issues. You know, yeah. if, if they've got time to probably sit there exactly. and message you those things, there's probably something else. There's a deeper yeah, under, underlying issue. And I was like, I, I can't let my energy be drawn or drained. So now I just don't even look at the comment. I look, I look at the comments, but when I see a comment like that, I just, I just go past it. I'm just like, you know, not gonna, I'm not gonna give it a time of day, but it's not easy though. That's it. What you did was a great because it's rationalizing it saying, wait a minute, I've got these emails in my inbox, which could be business opportunities, friends, family, late and I'm late London. And I'm gonna reply to this person. That's what they yep. want as well. They want your energy. They want your attention. Don't give it to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. They they have the time, you know. Like it, they have a lot of time. I learned this on New Year's Day. I think it was twenty seventeen. I will never forget this because this is you said it, it hasn't always been this way. And I know you're right because I remember the day that I changed my mind about how I was going to, you know, do this. So I'm at a Broncos game, a Denver Broncos game, with my husband and a few friends and I get this message, like multiple messages. Now, (laughs) this guy is like, I I can't even, I don't don't even remember all the things about him, but I do know that he just, I shouldn't have responded because responding alone was bullying. Um, He was just so not vibrating the highest, but (laughs) I decided to go in and I started really nice in the beginning. like so sorry you feel this way you always start
0: away how everyone starts
1: and he comes in hot so i come back hot and then he comes in hotter hotter hot and then it is like and i look up and i'm not even kidding you it's halftime this started and i'm sitting at the game i was like how dumb am i like screw this guy. Yeah. I'm an idiot right now. I'm sitting at a football he got, game. He got you. He got you. Sending Instagram messages to some loser who has nothing else to do.
0: Yeah. Was-
2: and I don't know. Know. and I was- he was
0: wrong. He was he was he was clearly wrong. We've all, we've all got those stories. I had the same thing where I had some people calling me being a racist and da, 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 and, I, and they were like and they, and, they, and, they, and this is on like is and and this is and this, and by the way <laughs> And uh, they took it a step further where they post they they posted it on they said did it on my uh, on LinkedIn is where I kind of where I post a lot of stuff and they put it in the comment section on LinkedIn, right? So everyone can see like it was all. and then I was like whoa and I was like and I and I basically replied on the comment sorry you feel that way you know we'll try to be better and we need more diversity da 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 and then. I got, then I started getting the private messages and it got to the point where I had to call my wife and be like, am I going crazy? It's just like, why are you replying? Stop replying. And it just and they don't stop, they keep going. Even if you think it's the last message. They get, and I was like, and I, was like I learned my lesson that day. I was like, don't feed <laughs> into it. Cause uh, yeah. Um what
2: I'd what I like to ask you, uh, your skin, how do you keep so young? <laughs> I know that just came out of left field. There was no segue. I was going to be witty. I was going to be witty with it, but I just thought, nah, let me just go in. Like, how? Is that Cocoa Bar? Is that Nivea? Like, what is going on? What's the formula? You've got the womb room. Do you have to go back in the womb room for, like, a rejuvenates, Rejuvenate. 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 Is that that what's Go back in the womb. Oh, that's why. It all
1: makes sense. It all makes sense. That's why. That's
2: why. Actually, a chamber?
1: I knew. Yeah. well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. good.
2: <laughs> glowing, on, thank glowing. You
1: so much. Um, well, for it's honestly, I, it's genetics. Yeah. I, it's just. <laughs> I, to be honest, I have this like area, and I keep like all the pictures and stuff of my relatives. And I mean, my great grandmother passed away at ninety six, and I swear when I say she did not have wrinkles, like. This lady did not have wrinkles and she chewed tobacco from the time she was 16 to the time she was (laughs) 19. What? Makes no sense. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but I do like, I have uh, one of my really dear friends. We did our comeback story together. Um, She was a single mom with three kids, had $2,000 to her name. And she put her $2,000 into her first, like, Facial machine, because she was an esthetician and started her own company. And now seven years later, we've been on this journey together, and she's been doing my skin for the past seven years. So she is amazing. Her name is Angel, and she travels all over the world um, doing these pop
0: to the, <laughs> yeah, no. okay. to the UK? To the yeah. UK. To the UK. coming over here.
1: <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> Honestly, you should check out her Instagram. It's Miss Angel Renee. The stuff that she does, it's like, it's a miracle because a lot of black people and people with darker pigmentation suffer from hyperpigmentation. And we're told that we can't get rid of the scarring, those like blotchy black marks from like acne and scars. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. Um, a lot of people are just ill-equipped to do it. So she does that. That's one of the biggest things that she's known for. But, I mean, she's awesome. So that's...
2: Angel Renee, yeah? Well, now we,
0: but- know, the, we know the secret now. The secret's out. The secret's so out. Uh, yeah. it was a good question. <laughs> the secret's out. There you go. What's, what, what's your, um, your, like, on your top, like, five, your number one podcast guest that you haven't had yet? Like, what's on the, what's in the bucket list of guests that you want on your show? Ooh.
1: Okay. So, um, oh man. Ooh. Ooh. I know
0: I know you got some, you're all laughing. Like you ain't got some, this, as a podcast host, everyone has the list. Everyone
1: has oh, like. <laughs> definitely do. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to, do I put it in order? Um, because you my, want. Top, my top person is Gabrielle union. Okay. And the reason why is because when, she made me her woman crush Wednesday. That was the last, like that, that's what made me start my podcast. Like officially started in that. Like, it was kind of like the catalyst when I was like, what, you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Or have you reached out to her? Yeah. She's actually, I mean, obviously she's a very busy woman. Yeah um but you know i've asked her you know for some advice on some things and she's been very generous so i have the utmost respect for her i mean she's just an absolute queen so she knows she has an open invite um (laughs) to my podcast (laughs) um gosh i mean she is number one through five well she's the
0: inspiration behind the whole show so like i mean that's pretty inspiration (laughs) that is that she deserves that number one spot what what about fabric what about Mr. O, I thought you were the
2: Obama.
1: Obama.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. O, even, even I was like, for a second, I was like, what? Oh, he's <laughs> like, from Chi-Town. Yeah. I thought that would be top.
1: Well, okay, so I've actually interviewed uh, Mr. Obama before he was president. Um, he used to be on our show quite often, and... <laughs> And it's just hilarious now that, like, when he was running for senator, he would be on our show, like, often, and we had these songs, and Sasha and Malia, like, loved these songs that one of my co-hosts used to, like, make for him, and it was, yeah, so when he ran for president, it was, I mean...
0: Crazy, yeah, but what can I yeah. imagine?
1: Wow, so, yeah. wow. There's familiarity there, but Michelle Obama, yes. Definitely, Michelle. She's the reason why I was able to go on my natural hair journey, because she told me to tell my employer that she said I could wear my hair any way that I wanted to wear my hair.
0: Tell that story because people want I I, I tell everyone you, you mentioned that, but tell everyone the story behind that.
1: Yeah. So I, um, when she came to Denver for her Becoming tour, I got the opportunity to shadow her for the day. And I was doing like live reporting for, you know, our show, which was airing live in real time. And then at the end I went to the Becoming, um, you know, whole sit down, kit and caboodle. And I got to like, take my little picture and have my little conversation. And a part of the conversation was about my hair. And I told her that, you know, normally I wear a wig on set and um, I'm like, I would like to wear my natural hair. And honestly, when I was having the conversation with her I was just having a for real conversation. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. like wouldn't it be great if we could just do this? And she was like, what do you mean? No, you're doing it. Tell them I said that you're doing it. <laughs> so I went back to work the next day and I was like, listen, Michelle Obama said I could wear my hair. However.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but did this, the thing I, I'm shocked about, did someone actually tell you you couldn't wear your hair like that?
1: Well, how so, or indirectly so, or they hint Like, how do you say that to someone? It's, it's completely blanket across the board. Any corporation that really comes out and says we have disc or we haven't discouraged or at least encouraged black women to wear their hair a certain way mm-hmm. is a lie. Okay. You're lying. Um, now maybe it's not something that you've personally enforced, but you've definitely reinforced the culture. So yeah, I think across the board, not even calling anybody out, that's just the way that it was. Really? Especially wow. with have a look you know like you keep that look for the entire season so this was something that was like it was a big deal and I'm glad that I had people around me who wanted to work this in a way that was going to really inspire not only other people but other organizations to take a really hard look at what that culture represents
0: yeah tell me tell you got to tell us the reaction of when you said that <laughs> to your to your boss or whoever it was at the time when you said Michelle Obama said I can wear my hair however <laughs> I want I wish I was there.
2: Yeah run us through the whole action as well did <laughs> yeah. you like slam down your head what was it did you do it
0: with a did swagger? You, did, you, did you grab your wig off and throw it on the floor <laughs> and say
1: it <laughs> close okay this is, this is super inside. That night I got home and I was just rearing to go and I went up to the bedroom and my husband was like falling asleep and I was like babe <laughs> world. i am quitting my job and he's like what <laughs> and i was like michelle obama said that i could wear my hair however i want to wear my hair so i am taking this wig off and i am leaving and he's like or <laughs> <laughs> that's where your partner comes in handy <laughs> yeah. or you could keep okay. your job and <laughs> or you could introduce a conversation <laughs> and explain where your your feelings are and the reason why this is important to not only you but also the entire culture and you know of, of television and representation and why don't you open it up with a conversation so the next day i was a little more calm and I went in and opened up the conversation and there was a very receptive nature to the conversation. I was not hit with pushback, but I did say Michelle Obama said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can you imagine I think Essence, Jet How could you say no
0: to that though? Like, you, you know, no it, by that. the way, was it a white male that you spoke to? Like, I just, 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 I, just, I, just I just- Do you I know him, Chris? I want, I want to imagine, you know it. I, want, I, want, I want the full picture in my head of the, of the moment, <laughs> <laughs>
2: because I want, I, how do you they respond to that? They probably didn't even realize she had a weave. They were like, what? <laughs> You, had
1: a you had a <laughs> I thought that was your hair this time? <laughs> Explain it to me. And it—I mean, honestly, now it's—it's it's kind of funny because he—we have these conversations, and he's like, "Well, no," and he'll say, use this terminology, and I'm like, "Oh, you were listening." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, though, as a white male, there's a lot I learned. Like, lots like, my wife's black, and I'm like, "What you're doing? What you're relaxing your hair? What your head's burning?" I need to wash it out because my head's burning. I'm like, what, Chris? I got. There's a lot to pick up. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're Like, what are you wearing to bed? Why has your hair got? Oh, you're wearing a do rag. To... It's not. You're wearing a do rag. To... <laughs> or,
1: or, if it's not a do rag, it's a. <gasps> What's the
0: hat? What's the hat? Come on. Oh, I know the name. I know it's just gone because of the on. pressure.
2: Come on. Come on. There was a skit on it the other I day. I know. Though. We
0: spoke about the other day. I've, I've gone. It's gone. I'm sorry. It's gone. <sighs> A, a bonnet yeah No, i knew that already i just remember judy love had the whole skit about the bonnet I just as well sleep. this is a pressure oh pressure and you yeah. know what's part about it because she always loses it yeah and she's always like where is it where is it where is it where is it, where is it? i'm like it's under your pillows under my pillow i'm like oh for
2: God's sake!" just remember just remember scotch bonnet
0: scotch bonnet i remember it yeah yeah, just remember <laughs> <Scotch bonnet>.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the back of scotch bonnet actually i've got a couple of questions for you what are your top three season seasonings I come with a real hard hitting <laughs> questions on this. That's why I'm here.
1: That's why, That's why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> a- oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna to have to go with cayenne. Cayenne pepper. Cool. You, you just it's just you, you just have to have it. Um now I know this is gonna sound basic AF. Oh no. Oh,
0: no. oh no, I need okay. sea salt. Uh, I'm bougie, by the way. I cannot have anything but sea salt.
1: I have to have, see, like, I need to have it on the table uh, with a grinder, along with the cracked pepper, but I'm just going to use that as one, because salt and pepper is very basic, um, but I do need the, like, the black cracked corn peppers. Uh, <laughs> let's see, my last and final spice, oh gosh, it's going to be basic again, <laughs> red chili flakes. That's all bad one. Everything pasta okay. you can put pizza. Like,
0: that's like you can put in everything guess yeah? so that one of those okay, okay yeah yeah you're not you're not pleased are you knowledge no 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 no. no, no. <laughs> there's no judgment there's
2: no judgment here it's okay She's whereas got... if
0: i said so if i said to you see soul, i would get so attitude? much heat
2: why are you twisting your neck because right? i would get a lot of heat for that <laughs>
0: i already know I already, by the way, I'm, I cannot have table salt, by the way, I only can have sea salt. So like when it's like my, I'm like, my wife's like, oh, there's, there's, I'm like, there's no salt. She's like, there's sea salt. I'm like, don't ever disrespect the food like that. <laughs> I need sea salt. Go put on your bonnet and <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> go relax, relax yourself and relax your hair. But just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> just calm down. Also,
2: okay, off the back of the seasonings, oxtail
0: or curry goat? I think she's gonna say neither. <laughs> mm, no, thank you. She doesn't like it. Neither. No, neither. 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 Oh, do you not like? Do you do, do you eat meat? Yes, I do eat. You, meat. you just don't like carrage or oxtail. Yeah,
1: it's not that I I wouldn't eat it. It's just that in the, when you ask a question like that, it feels like answering in an affirmative is really championing.
2: championing. That's <laughs> what he. That's what he you wants. Don't, you don't endorse that's either of those two <laughs> food <laughs> markets. <laughs> fair, fair, fair play. They can't start, start the campaign.
0: Yeah. Start saying okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I no. can, can tell she's been in politics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, a thousand percent, <laughs> a thousand percent. Because she, she'll do well in politics, she'll do well in politics. Are you, are you
2: definitely a Republican then, on, on the back of that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. A thousand percent. Found
1: it out. Gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I. I'm going to be honest. I've and this is going to, I, Hey, I'm just going to say, it. I don't think that the two party system's great. I just don't
0: though It's like one or the other, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. The whole one or the other is, uh,
1: if we're saying that like choose black or white, like, you know what? Some ish is gray.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A and that's the, and that's the dilemma you always find yourself in, isn't it? Because you agree with these policies over here, and you agree with these, everything you're like, oh, but I have to choose one because if I don't choose one, then everyone's like, oh, you know, it's, it's just, you, it's, it's like so
2: hard, man. I do feel sorry for their political system. It's ours
0: just... <laughs> not much better, so we got...
2: ours isn't much better. We got Boris. It, oh, we wow. got a clown. Got they a
0: had clown. a clown, but we've now still got a clown. And now they got
2: Biden. Imagine having like a thing to to like two people out of 350 million people to run your country, and you have an optional. Joe Biden or Donald Trump when you have magnificent people in the country like Erica Cove and you've got Joe Biden (sighs) or Donald Trump yeah, that's mad that's like curry goat or oxtail when you don't like (laughs) Eva. hey
1: we got Kamala we got Kamala okay so that and I feel like you know we have so many amazing we have amazing politicians it's just the craptastic ones, it's like the cream rises to the top. Mm, no, I think the crap gets amplified.
0: Yeah, you have to be like, a. it's in this day and age, unfortunately, you have to be, you have to be, um, like you have to be not eccentric, but you have to make headlines, you have to be like on the on like oh, ima- no, social media, ones. and like you know, it's like they it, got some good ones, you can't, AFC, you can't, just, you can't just be great though, no, but that's not enough anymore. Unfortunately, it should be enough. But now you have to be doing crazy tweets and saying things that you're never gonna deliver on. And just, yeah, it it doesn't work. Just being great doesn't actually get you to the top, unfortunately, anymore. You can't make America great again? We can't make, I don't know, clear, we'll hope so, we'll hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one common misconception people have about you?
1: You actually read my mind. I was just about to say that. Oh, I don't. It's so funny cuz I ask people this all the time on my podcast and I've never thought about it for myself. Um I don't I think I don't really know. Like my my life is I live in so many different areas. You know like I am a black woman from Chicago who lives in Denver with a very small ba- black population. My husband is a Italian Icelandic man from Canada Um, you know he works in oil and gas so it's like there's all of these different places that I find myself so when I'm speaking I'm very much speaking from my level of experience and my point of understanding myself But I do understand that there are other points of views based on the world around me. So when I have like a very strong stance on something that's very pro female or very pro black female, um, I do think that people are like, well, you don't, you know, uh, you're, you're right. I get called, I do get called racist a lot. Uh, Like, so. There's (laughs) a misconception. There you go. There's a common misconception. There we go. Yeah. And I'm like, But Yeah, no, I'm not racist. I'm just telling you and I'm comfortable saying it because these are conversations I have with people who have we have mutual respect for each other. And we're able to have these conversations without either one of us being racist. How about that?
0: Yeah. What, what, yeah, what a, what a crazy concept that we can have an opinion. Why are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> No, I'm not looking at you anyway. Are you, you are, about? man. Why are you looking at me like, I'm, like yeah. I'm a slave? Do you ever have to clear anything with the team before you say anything? Like, obviously, you're representing the the, the team, the show that you, that you work on. That, that must be quite... Do, do you ever have to be like, I'm thinking about saying this today? Is that oh, okay? God. Is that, Does that happen? Or they just give, they just give you free reign to just to go at it? No, that's what the word allegedly is for. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, okay. Plus, plus she knows Michelle Obama. Oh, uh, yeah. So
2: she can just do anything now. <laughs> Michelle Obama. Yeah. <laughs> said I, <could> <laughs> <She> said, <laughs> yeah I can say that. She said.
0: Yeah. Can imagine. Allegedly. 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 Oh, is that why you just love? They love that word. That's true. You look at the news in the U. Any news actually? No, not, the U.K. don't even care. They don't even say allegedly in the U.K. News but real- in America, because there's a, a culture of suing everyone in America, so it's like allegedly is the go-to before everything.
2: We should sue
0: more people. No, we shouldn't sue more people and just waste time, taxpayers' money, and everything else along the way. I'm going to sue you. You're going to sue me. I'm
2: going to sue you for saying that we shouldn't sue more people.
0: Okay, okay, we'll see what happens. What's what's what what's uh, next for you? What's on the bucket list?
1: Oh wow. I I uh. <laughs> She's
0: like already, already done. All, it's already all done. Tick tick tick
2: tick I like I like that sound effect. It's it's kind of like R two D two, but in twenty twenty one. I'm feeling that.
1: Uh, you know, before the pandemic, um, I had started to um, get a lot of requests for speaking engagements, um, specifically for universities, which has been something I've always wanted to do. My mother uh, was a professor at a university for almost 30 years, so I really grew up in that atmosphere, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for our academic institutions. So, I I was really looking forward to that, and I'm hoping that those opportunities come back where I can really engage one on one, and you know, in front of people. Um And then I'm just, I have a couple shows that I'm pitching. Nice. Um. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm just kind of doing what everybody else is doing. I'm coming up with something I'm really passionate about. And that is super easy to do when you're very passionate. And then I'm throwing it all around, seeing what sticks where and when.
0: Yeah, love it. The fact that you do both shows, your, your podcast and the daytime show alone is... I know how much work <laughs> goes, goes into that. So I commend you. Cause a lot, we spoke before the show, how from the outside perspective, people see it and go, Oh, you, you know, your job is interviewing people. You know, How hard is that? Or you get to do, it's such a crazy, like such a great, easy job you have. And it's not the case. Right. Just for everyone. listening, <laughs> it's a lot of time and energy and a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that no one sees.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, Simply because podcasts are a great way for someone to do a startup on getting into the entertainment industry. You know, like you can start a podcast with very minimal things, you know, resources, all of that. But the effort, oh, people don't know, really separates, you know, the people who are going to succeed from the people who aren't. Because then you get into that point where it's like, do I really love this? And like, you have to really, it's like anything else in entertainment, you have to really want it. You can't stop down the moment that it gets hard. Like I spend as much time building and creating content for myself and my own brand as I spend at work. So, I mean, I tell people I have two full-time jobs and that's what it is. So if it's really on someone's heart, I say do it, but you're going to find out real quick if this is really for you or not.
0: Yeah. There's a big difference between the people of like the idea of having a podcast. (laughs) Like everyone likes the idea of having a podcast, but when you realize what it takes, the actual podcast itself is the easy part like the recording mm. but getting the guests the editing all the things that people don't see behind the scenes they give up very quickly when they realize you know um you know we started our podcast a couple of weeks ago and we we're lucky enough to have you on it so thank you so much for taking the time to join us and and we're going to Continue hustling and doing our thing, and uh, we just want to bring great voices to the rest of the world, and like just share as much experience and knowledge inside as possible, and have fun and have fun Fun doing it. And share those comeback
2: stories. Your story is really amazing, by the way. I know I probably said this before, but it's when we when we were doing research because we sit down and we have our group meetings. You just stood up. so we were so thankful that you came on because. It's truly inspirational. There's going to be a lot, of, kids, a lot, a lot of
0: children that are going to be grounded this summer. Yeah, a lot of children <laughs> are going
2: to be grounded this summer. There's going to be a lot of uh, phone bills, a lot of CRB checks on radio <laughs> radio shows <laughs> because a lot of kids are just calling in, just taking up the airways. But it's all worth it. It's if, all worth it. If yeah. You get at least one Erica Cobb out of it. It's all worth it. It's yeah. all worth
0: it. Well, look, thank you so much. Where, where can, before we let you go, where can people uh, connect with you if they want to reach out, say hello, download the podcast? Where's the best place to catch you?
1: please do. I am at Erica Cobb. That's E-R-I-C-A-C-O-B-B on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and all of my information for my podcast, Come Back with Erica Cobb, is on my Instagram or any of those places. Um, so yeah, just connect with me on social media.
0: Amazing. Anywhere you see that hashtag, go for it. <laughs> so we'll be there. And also, if you're listening right now, click the link below. The link will already be there. We'll make your life easy. So click the link below. Make sure you're going for it, Erica. But again, thank you so much. Um, we look forward to coming and seeing, well, hopefully we'll, we'll, I was about to say one day we could be in your womb. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: you don't, want to, you don't want to get sued. You see where people get sued, Chris? This is where people get sued. <laughs> Do you know
0: what? I said it in my head, but I thought, let me just say it out loud. I, I said it out <laughs>
2: You're trying to, to visualise it, make it happen. Yeah, no. Oh no, I hope that I think Icelandic Italian, Italian don't <laughs> find you and just deal with you one time. <laughs> how did how did Chris die? He got drowned in oil. <laughs> he was drowned
0: in oil. I don't know who did yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea who did yeah, it. He had an Icelandic accent. Make, <laughs> I had no idea. Know, yeah. So, uh, and on that, on, on that bombshell... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, we will be in the root. <laughs> Why would you include me? In
0: that <laughs> oh, uh, hopefully you speak to us again after that comment. Yeah,
2: um yeah. Like, I can't go red, but I feel like I'm going red. <laughs> you can't like, go red. Like we I, don't know if you're going red or not. I feel like, to I'm, figure it out. I feel like I'm not wearing a jumper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Erica, see you later. Thank you so much. Thanks,
2: thank you
1: too. Thank. I appreciate you guys. Okay.